Welcome everybody back to Velo Sound. It's Interview Sunday today with a podcast interview edition with none other than Nika or as many of you will know her, Zola Jesus. Nika, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's it's a pleasure. Uh, not only because uh, you are one of my fondest Roadburn memories ever, but also because the new record that is coming out in a few days is really once again mesmerizingly good. Oh, thank you. That means a lot. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, generally, we have to thank you. So, already speaking about your record um, with Archon, I think it's pronounced. It has a Greek name. How did you get to that? Well, um, I was actually inspired by the Gnostics, the Gnostic idea of the Archons, which um, are this malevolent force that keeps humanity sort of corrupted and keeps them from being able to be their like most harmonious selves. Um, and I feel like we're really living in Archonic times right now. And so it just felt like a fitting title for a record that's coming out, made in 2020, 2021 and coming out in 2022. Yeah. Um, so would you say that in some way humanity or mankind has been corrupted over the last couple of tens of thousands of years? Yes, I would. I mean, seems like it, it doesn't seem like we're heading in a good direction. No, nah, we're not. Um, then I also just quickly have to ask that because I know that you have a very typically American background with lots of like parents, grandparents, grand grandparents from different countries. Um, and I also know that one part of your ancestry is Slavic or Russian, right? Yes, correct. So does that even influence your opinion? on mankind at the moment even more, you know, um, Russian of the... roots, yeah, because of the war. Yes. Yeah. I mean, there's just so much war, um, happening. I mean, there's always been war for as long as there's been civilization, there's been war. So this isn't new, but you'd think that we would have evolved out of this sort of militaristic occupation of another country by now, though America seems to love war as well. So <laughs> I'm not saying that there's no American war either. I, I definitely think that Americans have caused a lot of war as well. But um, it's really sad to see Ukraine have to fight for independence yet again, um, over and over again. Do you still have relatives over there? Um, none that I keep in touch with. Okay. So that you are at least not um, influenced or directly personally influenced and connected to it, people that you would have to worry about. But uh, let me ask differently. Um, when when thinking about things like that, I, I guess that that also influences your writing. And you've already mentioned that the record was written in 2020 and 2021. Would your record now be darker or would your next record be darker? Um, I think I learned a lot during the making of this record uh, about myself and about what I really am here to provide mm -hmm. um, artistically. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's I've tried for so long to negate my darkness because I felt like I just wanted to be normal. Um, and I'm starting to realize that that's just not 
who I am. And so I feel a lot of, um, feel a lot of melancholy. And I think that that's something that I just have to put in my music. And so, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but it does in a way. We'll of course. see. Good. <laughs> it, it definitely does. I mean, like, when looking at the world in 2021, it was bleak. When looking at the world in 2022, I have a feeling as if it's bleaker because, well, science was our hope for 2022. And now all of a sudden, science isn't the thing that we need. You've mentioned that the writing process for Archon taught you a lot about yourself. And if I read the information that we got for the record correctly, you also said that it showed you a lot about how you had to write music or how you wanted to write music. At one point, it is quote as if, or it seems as if you wanted to control everything with the records before Archon, and now that changed. Is that the way that you now are a little bit more open to others? Yeah, I mean, I got started with Zola Jesus when I was 20 years old. And as like a solo female artist in the independent music industry, it was a long journey of, you know, feeling confident in my skills and feeling like I could collaborate without people just assuming that the other person did everything. Like I was able to prove myself to myself as well in a way where now I'm, I'm able to just let go a lot more and focus on the art and not focus on building a reputation. Um, so it's a lot easier for me to create at this point because I'm not overthinking everything. I'm just like really enjoying the process a lot more and letting it be more divinatory and more free. And how much of a process is influenced and directed by other people? Um, very little. Like, you know, my collaboration is usually that I'll come to people with demos and, mm -hmm. um, but at this point, I, I go, how can we make these better, you know? And then I'll work with people that I trust and that understand my vision. And then they'll help me expand on my ideas and make them more fully formed and bring in other things that I never could have thought of. But, um, but the core always, always comes from me, like always. I mean, I'm an artist first and foremost. I'm not just a singer, and I'm definitely not just a face. <laughs> like... Um, I, my music is my art, my songs. I'm I'm the sole songwriter, so um, yeah. So, when you say your music is your art, it's you. And when I then think of the diversity of a lot of the songs on Archon, um, is that also like an eclectic musical taste behind that? Definitely. I mean, it, that's another hard thing is that throughout my twelve years making music as Zola Jesus, I've always felt like I had to settle on one genre or something, or like people will like my music because it's hard, harder or like darker. And then some people will like my music for the poppy parts. And then some people will like my music for something else and, or the classical parts. And then I get this pressure to have to follow one of those veins um, or tributaries like full time, but I just don't have that in me because the eclectic nature of my music is what makes it interesting to me, you know? It's like bringing all these disparate styles together and they're all things that I feel like express parts of me in different ways. 
I can imagine what you mean, because I also think that also reflected in the name of a project. I mean, Zola, Jesus, Jesus is clear, but I mean, like, I guess that Zola <laughs> comes from Emil Zola, right? Yes. Yeah. Cool. Um, and then that also explains a little bit why I hear, I would call it Afro beats in the first single that you released for Archon in Lost. <clears throat> so... Is there like an, an, an homage to that kind of scene, to Afrobeats and to to world music in a way? I mean, not directly, but I wanted the song to feel very tribal, very primal. Um, while making this record, I got really interested in shamanic healing and how shamans use music to heal mm -hmm. and the power of rhythm used in shamanic healing. Yeah. So... Um, I, I was really curious to work with different types of rhythm and different types of grooves to just like elicit different feelings in the body, you know, and that was something that was really exciting for me and also just using different types of percussion. Which definitely comes through. So you've already spoken about shamanism and, and music. Um, you used a lot of, I would say, chorals or choirs on the record, if I, if I get that right, or otherwise it's you being dubbed over and over. Um, is, that, is that also a connection for you, like the, the ritualistic singing in the background? Yeah, I mean, I think I just naturally sing in a way that's sort of mantric, <laughs> um, yeah. like repeating phrases over and over and letting them kind of unravel in that way or mm -hmm. build. So um, that's just kind of a natural inclination that I have musically. But um, I'm just really interested in harmony recently and, and stacking harmonies and just seeing how you can really like build on a, mo a melodic idea through harmony. So yeah, there was a lot of overdubbing and a lot of layers of vocals on this record. So to get it right, it's not the choir that we hear, it's Nika over and over and over again. Yes, for the most part. There's no choir except um, I sampled a choir on the song Lost. Mm -hmm. Cool. That, that is impressive. I mean like because one really has the idea of there being a a 12, 14, 15 people choir in the background. It's really, oh, really cool. well done. It's all me. Thank you. <laughs> it's, it's all good. Maybe that's the reason why it's so good. Um, but I also read a quote by you, and I think I would like to go through that because uh, it's very interesting, at least for a metalhead like me. You supposedly have said some at some point some feelings require you to write a pop song in order to fully understand them yes <laughs> well <laughs> there are at least two things in there that i would like to have answered uh fully understand them do you think that like music brings you closer to understanding things a thousand percent that's why i do it that's why i've always done it it's like writing music is like a constructive way for me to be able to piece together what I'm feeling and to make sense of it and to kind of work through it. Mm -hmm. um, definitely. Yeah. So is that also some kind of way for you to understand the world? Yes. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. And interact with it because music is a collective act. It's something that you share with the public. It's, um, you know, it's, it's something, yeah, that, that I share. And so in doing that, I'm able to find ways to understand myself and also on a universal level, understand what I'm feeling 
as reflected in these universal ideas mm -hmm. of pop songs mm -hmm. and things like that. And then to connect with other people through that, like it's, it, it's such like a layered thing for me that is really cathartic for me mm -hmm. as a person. <laughs> and the other thing is you mentioned the word or in that quote, you use the term pop, a pop song. Would you, would you see yourself as a pop artist? I think because, um, my songs are more melodic than like my friends' songs, I'll say. <laughs> like coming up in, in a scene, like my friends were making noise music and industrial music and like metal and, you know, like hardcore and all this really, really like, you know, subversive stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I was writing these kind of melodic songs, you know, that have like a little beat and chord progressions and verses and choruses. And so I just felt like compared to them, I was like really poppy. Mm -hmm. um, but maybe that's just like, it's all relative in a way. No, that is that is a very interesting point because, you know, to me, pop has always been a very difficult term because pop to me always means like trying to get into the mainstream or trying to be popular but you use it more as a reference to harmonies and melodies you're not trying to please anybody right i mean well i think there's an aspect of pop which is a universal language and so pop has the ability to you know like coming from like an experimental music background like um pop is it has an accessibility that allows you to connect with people that don't necessarily have the ears for like noise music mm -hmm. and so i find that really exciting because it allows me to be able to find universal con connection with people that maybe i don't have as much in common with on the surface you know mm -hmm. and so i think like pop music is like a beautiful tool to be able to like connect with people on a wider level and to feel like i can disseminate my music in a way that's more um more open you know and so i i, I it's, it's for me it's an exciting medium because it, it engages with like the mainstream and like people that aren't into industrial music or whatever and so i i like that as a challenge and as like a as a format but then i take it that <clears throat> I mean, I understand you want you want to get your message across and you want to communicate with the world and also to understand it a little bit. But then when talking about some of the things that you are talking about, for example, the position of women and the position of a problem of inequality in our society, isn't then there also an aspect of subversity in, in putting all of that into nicely melodic, harmonious pop songs? Yeah, I mean, that's also what I like about it. It's it's this contradiction of, mm -hmm. you know, being kind of embodying this like the feminine pop star, but in a way that is sort of um, subversive because I don't find myself to be a very feminine woman or my idea of femininity is quite different. Um, and also the things that I'm singing about are, are very different <laughs> um, and quite dark. And so I just like to play with the format of like pop singer as a way to like be transgressive within this very like mainstream uh, avatar, you know? Mm -hmm. Yep. 
you've already mentioned about embodying and, and connecting with people. Uh, I've already mentioned it at the beginning. Um, I still remember your, your gig at Roadburn in 2018. And I still remember it so vividly because up to then I had heard your name. I had heard a few of your songs, but since then it has not been an obsession, but you know, I've, I've been really following you and what you do closely, getting all the records and stuff. Um, in some ways that opened eyes for a lot of people like me, because um, a few years ago, Roadburn changed its slogans, redefining into, into something called redefining happiness. And I think you're a very good example of that. How did you feel when going on stage in front of, I guess, like a thousand? No, I guess what, like 2,000, 3,000 people uh, who might not be 100% familiar with your music? Well, I'm used to that, um, playing <laughs> festivals. But it, at Roadburn, I felt like much, much, much more comfortable mm -hmm. because um, because I like my friends are all in that world. And so, yeah, I, there were a bunch of friends there that I saw that were also playing. And, um, and I just, I, I feel like people that go to Roadburn understand me probably more than people that go to Coachella, you know, like, Definitely. I don't, and I've never played Coachella, you know, I've never been invited you, to play Coachella. Would you like to? At this point? No, because I don't think anyone would get me. And I think that I need to understand like where my limits are in terms of like, I think something that's been hard for me is just to understand where I belong and where I fit in as a musician, because mm -hmm. it's like, I do make music that's melodic and that's song based. And you know, that, that plays with the pop world, but I'm not that either, you know? And, but so I don't always know where I fit in. And I think sometimes that alienates fans too, because it's like, you know, someone going to Roadburn probably doesn't think, oh, like I'm a Zola Jesus fan, but then they'll see me and they'll be like, oh, there's actually a common denominator here, but it's not apparent, you know? And so it's sometimes my fans are quite diverse. It's like they find me through, diff you know, through more emotional, the, the emotional connection rather than like the, um, the style or the genre. Uh, you, you've said something that would, applied to a lot of my friends as well. Uh, you said people are there at Roadburn may not be friends of Zola Jesus, but let me, let me, re let me reassure you that after that gig, uh, a lot went out as fans of Zola Jesus. Uh, that's that is, true. that's 100%. I, I know, I know at least a dozen people who said that hmm. and who immediately were drawn to that. Also, because as you said, uh, openness is, is a topic at that festival. And openness is also something that pulled you to that festival. Uh, let me get it right. You were one of those artists that were invited to play Roadburn by Jacob Bannon, right? Yes, correct, yeah. How, how did that happen? Get us into that. Did once, once in a while you pick up a phone, oh, hey, it's Jacob, you play Roadburn for me. How, how, how did that work? Uh, I mean, honestly, I think he just put me on a list of people that he wanted to play, and I'm very grateful for that. And that that he's a fan is like so so incredible. Um, and of course, I agreed. I mean, I've had so many friends play Roadburn in the past, and it's always been this very like it's kind of been the mecca. 
for, for of a festival for a lot of bands that I'm a fan of and that I'm friends with. And so being invited, it felt like acceptance in a way that was like really, really cool. Can imagine. Um, and openness is also shown in your choice of people that you worked with for Archon. Rand you, you chose Randall Dunn. One of the guys who worked with bands like Sun and had him involved in the rec in the recording process. Why Randall? Um, because he's the one. He's the guy. <laughs> he's it. There was no one else. There's no one else. <laughs> Randall was the one. Uh, we we have a spiritual connection. Um, he's a dear friend. Uh, we we connected in the realm of Buddhism and. Sufi and mysticism and mm -hmm. um, emotional um, transitions in life. And mm -hmm. he's just an incredibly sensitive human being that really understands. Like, this is a thing. This is a thing with, like, hard music and, like, heavy music people. Heavy music is heavy emotion yeah. to me. That yeah. heaviness is coming from a heavy emotional life. And, like, that is something that I... I I'm cursed with. I'm cursed with a heavy emotional life. And so, like, the people that are working on the records of Sun or people like Stephen O'Malley or Randall Dunn, like, these people are my people, you know? And so, like, we we get along very easily and and, um, and uh, have so many common denominators and you know, shared references and everything. So it just it made perfect sense to me. Well, then it also makes sense that you're here on the show because we had Stephen roughly two months ago. Um, oh, amazing. Yeah. I have one last question before we come to our infamous quickfire round where you get two alternatives to choose from. But last regular question. Um, where do you see the... No, let's ask, let's ask this. How do, how do you perceive the position of women in the heavy metal music circle or cycle at the moment? Is it getting better? Is it getting worse? Is it stagnating? Where do you see it? It's getting better, mm -hmm. but slowly. Mm -hmm. And I think women in heavy music are still being sort of um, fetishized. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that they exist kind of like alongside the quote unquote regular heavy music. Mm -hmm. But I think that there's more openness, you know, like, um, there's just so many more interesting bands coming out that are either female fronted or female solo artists that are making heavy music and finding acceptance in that scene. So I think that's really good. Way more than there were 10 years ago. Is there one artist in particular that you say, okay, I've heard of her or them or however you want, however they want to de denominate themselves, um, that the public has not listened to enough, let's put it like that. Some artists that you yourself being in a good position could push a little bit. Contemporary? Yeah. Oh man, there's so many. Um, in, in like heavy music or in? Yeah. Um, White Boy Scream. Okay. Is a female, uh, she's a, uh, she was in LA. She mixes opera and noise together in a way that's like incredible. She's got an incredible voice and, you know, her work is really out there and she just super seems really cool. So <laughs> yeah, just to get it right, 
what what is the name of it again? White Boy Scream. White, though. white yeah? Boy Scream. Yeah. Okay, then I got it right. Cool. Yeah. We will also yeah, link her, right. of course. And now questions. You got two alternatives and you have to choose. <clears throat> Beyonce or Alicia Keys? Beyonce. Lady Gaga or Tony Bennett? Gaga. Arizona versus Wisconsin. <laughs> Wisconsin. <laughs> uh, Converge versus Sun. Sun. Sorry, Converge. And last one, and that is the deciding one. The Packers or the Bears? Oh, I mean, you can't do that to me. It's of course the Packers. The Bears. Yes! <laughs> of course it must be the Packers, everybody. Not for Brewers, but the Packers. No, the, so, the Packers. Exactly. Nika, thanks for being on the show. Have a wonderful day, and thanks for doing this. Everybody else, listen to Archon in a few days. Buy it, listen to it, understand it, love it. Thanks for being on the show. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.